Last Friday, my kids were out of school, and so because of that, and because of a family devotion that we had done earlier in the week, we decided that Friday was going to be a rest day, because really in America, we don't rest very well. And so we're like, we need to spend some time just resting. And that doesn't just mean sleeping, but not doing a whole lot of work, which was a little bit difficult because there was still stuff to do on the sermon in the back of my mind. And I'm like, okay, that's got to happen. But during the day we did, we let the kids sleep in, in the movie because it was, or in the morning because it was cooler. We watched a movie at home, spent some time just kind of eating lunch, took some rest time. And then in the afternoon, um, with it being Veterans Day weekend, we went on a walk at Garrett Park and just kind of looked at some of the different things that just kind of helped us remember um, and the kids were on scooters and the um, ripsticks and things like that. And so then at night, Amy and I went on a double date with somebody else. And so it was one of those days that was just really refreshing. Now, a time that was not so refreshing, not with my family, but it had to do with my team in soccer. I cheer for Sporting Kansas City, all right? And so all during the season, like they started off terrible. First 10 games hadn't won anything, and they worked hard all the way through to the very last day of the regular season. There were three teams that were going to get in out of five, and they worked a way to make it. And so it was fantastic, except they're like the bottom seed, all right? And so basically then they're playing a three-game series against St. Louis, who is the number one seed, and just watching it on the edge edge of my seat, but it's not just one game. It's a best of three. So my team knocked off St. Louis in the first game, which they had lost four to zero and four to one when they went there before. So like complete train of events, exciting stuff, but they then have to play in Kansas City. But they ended up winning that game and just super excited. So I love that. But now they play, you know, next week. And so just in case you want to watch, that's when it is. And so anyway, I tell you those stories because if you and I were to have conversations in the hallway, those might be a couple things that came up. Here's why. Because we all talk about things that we love. We talk about things that we love, that we're involved in. And so like some of you, if you were talking sports, you might talk about a game that was not relaxing at all on Friday night or a game that happened yesterday if you cheer for one of your teams. And maybe depending on if your team won or lost, you might want to talk about it more or less. But like we do, we talk about things that we love. Maybe if it's not sports, it has to do with video games or fashion or even stock numbers or cars or the movie that you've been watching or series you've been binge watching or like reading a book. Like there are things that we love, so we just want to tell other people. One of the conversations that I've heard in the hallways this morning was all about the senior Thanksgiving dinner yesterday and just being able to serve with one another or being able to sit and just enjoy company and pie and all that kind of stuff. But like we talk about things that we love. So Jesus, why is it sometimes we have a tough time talking about Jesus? Because we do, we talk about things that we love. And as we're doing this now, what series after we are saved, like Jesus has saved us. One of the things that we are supposed to do is go and tell people what he has done in our lives. Except sometimes we're like, but I'm afraid, or I don't know if I know enough. And so I need to know certain things. And I get it. It's important to know scriptures and things like that. In fact, maybe you've heard of things like the Romans road where it's like, hey, I have got these verses and I can talk through that with someone. Or maybe you've seen the cross illustration where there's like two different cliffs and there's this big opening in us and God, but then the cross comes in and it, it brings us together. Or maybe you've heard of things like evangelism explosion, or you've seen the evangel cube or the tracks and all of those are on purpose to be able to help someone know about Jesus. But can I tell you, those things are important. Scripture is important. But really, if you love Jesus, we ought to just tell about who we know. It's actually a lot simpler than what we sometimes make it out to be. And so, 
over the last 10 years, we're celebrating being 10 years in this building. One of the things that we did is, as we were talking about this idea of sharing our story, is what if we just asked people who have come to this building, like come since we were in this building, just to tell part of their story about what they love, about what God has done in their life, okay? And so that was a great idea. So here's what I need. If you started attending South Rock Christian Church, and yes, it was First Christian Church first, but if you started attending South Rock Christian Church since we came into this building, would you raise your hand right now? Raise your hand really high. Okay, and so you can look around at the people just within the last 10 years that have come. Okay, so now I'm going to pick some of you to come up on stage. No, I'm not. Okay, just kidding. <laughs> but you got to see some people around there, all right? Let me ask this question. If you were baptized in this baptistry or maybe even outside or whatever in the last 10 years, partly because of what God did through South Rock, raise your hand if you've been baptized in the last 10 years. Okay? Now, so, right. Those are awesome stories. But that's also not the finish line. I want you to raise your hand if over the last 10 years, like God has done some things that if you were to look at your life, you have matured in Christ. And I'm not saying you're there. You may not go, I'm mature, okay? You may not be that way. But over the last 10 years, you can see that you have matured in Christ over the last 10 years. Raise your hand if that's been you. So here's what I want you to hear. As we're talking through some testimonies here, there's a lot of people that we could go to and say, would you be willing to tell your story? And even if it's not on video, I'm going to challenge you. One of the things God wants us to do is to tell our story. Tell about he who we love. Tell about this church that God is using to do amazing things. And not that it points back to South Rock. That is not our end goal, but that it ultimately points back to him. But I told you that we tell about things that we love. I want you to watch this first video and just watch some individuals of what God has been doing in their lives and things that they've been able to plug in and God has used to impact their lives. So take a look at this. My name is Gloria Jekyll. I live in Wichita, Kansas, but I attend church in Derby at South Rock. I feel like I have finally found my place where I want to be. And so when I started coming here, it took me about a year to get enough nerve up to do this, but I told Nick I wanted to be baptized at the, in this church, and it was the most wonderful feeling I've ever had. My name is Janice Nagel, and I was born and raised around these parts, and I actually went to First Christian when I was a little girl, but I was never raised in the church. When I finally decided I was going to make the decision, I went, 2014, I went on Christmas Eve. And like Gloria, I fell in love with the church. I fell in love with the people. And I was also baptized here. I'd never been baptized or sprinkled, either one. And it wasn't like, well, I started Christmas Eve and I was baptized in February and my son is actually the one that baptized me. I have gotten into two of the Bible studies. I go to Sue Hunt's Tuesday morning Bible study and I've learned so much through those Bible studies. And then I also go to Nick Pannone's Wednesday afternoon Bible study and I have to say that Nick is one of the best teachers I've ever had of any subject. We do lunch at the Rock every other month and that's been fun. That has been really fun. We enjoy that a lot. Uh, we have a women's group um, 
that salt meet and salt and light and we meet once a month and uh, I have found that it's very a very soothing time for me this last week we we did it concentrating on praying and there's just it's wonderful to get together with a group of women of all ages mm -hmm. and pray together and pray over so many different areas of our lives. I love this church with all my heart. It's a wonderful place to learn about God and Jesus and where your life should go. I guess I'll go first. <laughs> okay, fine. Okay. Well, my name is Charlie Kell. I've been going to South Rock for seven years now. And, um, yeah. I'm Kai. Um, I've been going to South Rock for my whole life. And that's my older sister. I think how you can make friendships and have a bunch of good times with friends in the little services and the big services. Like during Upward, like we have how we like have do devotions and stuff, and how like we pray before each game, and we like have a good relationship with other people. People always find a way if someone can't do anything because they might have a disability. They South Park always finds a way to help that person or to make them have just as much fun as they would be having. I would say it's a good place to learn about God and build a relationship with people and with God and you get involved in a lot of activities and it's a really good place that doesn't waste your time because it is um, a place to learn and it's a place where there's peace and hope and joy. And you can meet some wonderful people. Yeah. A lot of wonderful yeah. people. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> if you have your Bibles, open up to Matthew chapter 28, because we'll be there in just a moment. But just watching that video and listening to stories, like you hear just the things that they love and you hear activity, but it's not just for the sake of activity. Like all of our desire of activity is so that people will build relationships with others so you're not having to walk through this by yourself. And even just seeing things that God used and you heard words like peace and hope and joy and just all those things. And so God wants to do that. He wants to use you to help influence other people and he wants to use us to be able to do that, to influence other people. And so in Matthew chapter 28, this text is often talked about when we talk about telling other people. We refer to it as the Great Commission, but in verses 18 through 20 of Matthew chapter 28, this is very close to before Jesus goes back up into heaven. He says this, then Jesus came to them, which is the disciples, and he said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you to the very end of the age. Like, here's the thing. You hear Jesus saying, I have all authority, and I want you to understand that even when I go, I am with you. I'm not making you do this by yourself. I am with you. And then what he says is this idea of go, make disciples, baptizing, teaching. But if you were to read the Greek, the most important verb there is the idea of make disciples. 
Like that's what you and I are called to do. We are called to make disciples. Those other three are participles, which basically means they're like helping verbs. So how do we make disciples? Well, we go. That doesn't mean you have to go somewhere in the world, like far away, like next door neighbor, that is going, you know, across town, that is going. Now he may send you somewhere else, but go to go make disciples. This idea of baptizing, this idea of teaching, all of that is making a follower of Jesus. And so that we might become mature in Christ. But I tell you again, following is not just where we stop, okay? And I know that sounds weird. We're talking about finding Jesus, following Jesus. And some people are like, look, I'm following well. But part of following then means helping other people to come to know who Jesus is. And so as we continue through the service, I want you to listen to um, the McCabe story about what God's done in their life and continuing to do. So take a look at this. Hi, everybody. My name is Josh McCabe, and I've been attending South Park Christian Church for just about nine years. And I'm Cassie McCabe, and I have been attending South Rock for about nine years. God has really been working through our life, the people here, this church, and, and uh, many of the interactions that we've had here at the church over the past 10 years. So uh, when we were asked to do this video, one of the things I thought of was uh, the church's um, mission to help people find and follow Jesus. And so we're going to share just a little bit about our journey over the past 10 years and how we have been led uh, to find and follow Jesus and some of the things that have, have occurred in our life. And so I didn't realize what was happening at the time, but it didn't take long uh, to catch on. We had put uh, Trinity in a pre-K school and she would come home and her heart was just totally full of joy for the Lord and the things that she learned throughout the day. She would come home, she would tell us about these things and her energy and her excitement and her enthusiasm was absolutely contagious. Mm -hmm. And uh, the Lord was, uh, was really searching for us. We, we were a bit lost at the time, um, but the Lord was reaching out to us through Trinity and, and certainly got our attention. So kind of unbeknownst to us, that was leading us somewhere and that somewhere is here at South Rock Christian Church. So I was um, driving down Rock Road and I saw the church being built. And at first I thought, huh, what's going on there? And uh, the more times that I drove by, the more nudge I got that I needed to investigate um, this church. While I didn't act on it right away, um, we got another nudge from our older daughter, Blaze, who had mentioned um, her boyfriend was going to church here and his family and um, asked, you know, if we could attend and um, come check out the church uh, with them. And so I knew that uh, between Trinity and Blaze and the feelings that I were having, um, that this was the place that we needed to, to come visit. So we finally um, decided as a family to come. And when we walked through the doors of the church, we knew that we were supposed to, to be here, that we belonged here. Just turned into such a journey over the past 10 years for me personally, that uh, I, I started by holding doors and then I became a service coordinator. And then I, for a period of time, I, I led the severe weather shelter team here. And then I uh, became a deacon. And now I am blessed to serve as the chairman of the deacons. 
being part of the church and being able to find people that um, impact our lives, um, not only from the staff, but even just the members of the church has been really impactful in our lives. You know, when, when I think about, back to the original request, you know, what has South Rock meant to you, meant to us, and uh, how has that helped us find and follow Jesus? Um, has it helped us? I would say the answer is unequivocally yes. Our life has been so blessed. Uh, Jesus is fully present in our, our marriage, our family, our work, and in all aspects. And I'm just so thankful that we can see him moving in those ways and uh, maybe more than anything, the personal relationship that we've been able to to create and, and develop with Jesus and to be able to share that with our family and friends. Um, that, that relationship, that connection really has given us a, um, a purpose, a strength, encouragement, love, um, assurance. It's really provided a, a firm foundation for us. So looking back, I'm just so thankful for uh, Trinity and Blaze to have the courage to say something. Yeah. Um, I'm thankful for you to, to nudging us to come here as well. And just so thankful to this church, the, the staff, the congregation, all of the people that encouraged us and invited us in. Um, we are just so blessed. Go ahead and turn to Acts chapter 1, because we're going to look at a verse there in just a second. But as you listen there, you heard this idea of finding and following Jesus. You heard this idea of God nudging. And maybe you've been there before where you know that God is nudging you to do things. Maybe you've pushed him off for a while, and then maybe sometimes you've been like, okay, I'm ready to do what it is that you call me to do, God, even if it's scary. But did you hear just they talked about just the foundation, like in so much of their life that God has become the purpose in their lives. And so, and I love this idea of I'm not just coming and then taking up a seat like as I he I'm here. I am a disciple that then wants to be able to serve other people. And so that's what God calls all of us to do. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, that's the verse that I want to look at here. And this is right before Jesus goes back up into heaven. And so in chapter 1, verse 8, he's talking to his disciples and he says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So again, he's saying, you'll receive power, like I will be with you. The Holy Spirit will be with you as you go out. And because he is with you, you will experience power to be able to share the truth that you know. And I think that's important because it says, you'll be my witness. A witness tells what they know. All right? You don't have to tell other things that you don't know, but let me tell you what I know, what God has done in my life. So that's what God calls us to do. So you don't have to do it alone. God's Spirit will help you to do that. And so, speaking of just telling our story, I want to also shift to the next person. J.D. is going to tell us his story and just what God's done and continuing to do in his life. Take a look at this. Hey, South Rock. My name's J.D., and I've been going here for about five years, a little over, and here's a little bit of my story. Uh, I'd never really felt much of a connection with Christ growing up. Had a bit of a troubled childhood, was kicked out of multiple schools, I attended five high schools before finally graduating. Years later, I became very unhappy with where I was in my life and my marriage. 
I remember pulling over one night on a country road and yelling at God, you know, what do you want from me? Why are you against me? And while sitting there, a song came on the radio and I just sat there and quiet and listened and I finally realized that it was speaking directly to me. And the point of the song was stop whining and blaming others for your misery. Start acting like the man I created you to be and go home and be a father and a husband to your family. I had told God I would work on how I lived, but my life was still looking pretty much the same way for the most part. I was slowly starting to self-destruct, and I could see this, and I knew it was happening, but I didn't seem to care, and I was almost embracing it. It's extremely important to point out that at this point, Christians were everywhere in my life like never before. A coworker would not stop inviting me to church and asking if I was reading the Bible. A neighbor across the street was an assistant minister. A new manager was temporarily assigned to our shop for a few months and he moved me to first shift after being on different off shifts for over 12 years. However, my first day reporting for first shift, I was in a motorcycle accident on the highway on I-35. I was going 65 miles an hour and had no helmet or protective gear. The tall handlebars I had just installed prevented me from flying through the SUV and instead ejected me into the center lane of oncoming traffic. The first car that passed me slid so close I could smell the rubber burning from its tires as it barely missed my head. I then jumped to my feet and dodged cars to get to the side of the road. And for me, my marriage was saved right then and there. The only thought that went through my head was wanting to see my wife again. Somehow, through God's grace, I recovered 100%. Once I went back to work finally, the Christian that had been so persistent convinced me to come to South Rock for the first time. I knew in the first sermon that this is where God wanted me. So fast forward, multiple friends and family members have attended many of them being baptized. I have witnessed answered prayer, numerous people come to know Jesus, and what I consider miracles in the lives of people that were genuinely hurting. The unbelievable patience, grace, and forgiveness He has granted me will last forever. God has changed my location, my priorities, my thoughts, my family, my motive, my health, and my commitment to further embrace his direction for my life. In your Bibles, go ahead and turn to 1 Peter chapter 3. But even in JD's kind of just story, as you've heard twice already, there were people around, like people that kept planting seeds and coming alongside and trying to point them in the way of truth. And then, like JD's a witness, he'd tell you, let me tell you what I've seen and what I've experienced. Okay, and that's what he's doing. He's just telling his story. And you hear about the things that have changed, the family and friends that I've seen come to know Jesus. It says even these miracles, this, unan- or this answered prayer. And at the very end, he talked about this idea of location and priorities and family and motive and health and this commitment to following God's desire. All of that has changed. And so God uses individuals who are willing to tell, and then he uses us as a congregation to be able to share the truth of Jesus. And so may we do that in such a way that is honoring to him. And in 1 Peter chapter 3, I want to read verses 15 and 16. Here's what Peter writes. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience 
so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. So there's a couple parts there. It says, be ready. Like, okay, if someone were to ask you why you're a believer, do you have an answer? Like, even if you can't spout it off all pretty, do you know? Can you tell people, this is why I believe. This is what's been going on in my life. And then he says, but to do this with gentleness and respect. Do this in such a way that if people start trying to accuse you of certain things, like, it doesn't stick because of the life that you have been living. And so I think just from hearing this story, you and I, we are called to be ready, be ready to tell others. And that may not be standing on a street corner, but in one-on-one conversations, when someone says, man, I am hurting, let me tell you about what's going on in my life. May we be ready to share. And then we also not just need to know our story, we do need to be ready. And so there are times that we need to know scripture. And I am reminded of Matthew chapter 10, where Jesus tells the disciples, hey, when you're standing before people, it won't be you speaking. Like, I will give you the words to be able to speak. And I think that truth is still applicable to us. But I will tell you that if you're not in the word of God, there's nothing to draw from. Like, what is he going to allow you to speak if you don't already know it? And so we need to know the word of God. So let's be a witness and tell what we know. Let's be ready for those situations to be able to tell the story of Jesus. One last story I want you to watch. Take a look. Well, hey, South Rock. My name's Flint McPeak. Um, I've been going here about 10 years now. Um, I started uh, when this building, I watched this building get built. And uh, I would drive by and watch the progress. And there was a time in my life about 10 years ago that uh, I was, I was really in, in need of, of God. And so when the church opened up here, uh, I, I came and I attended and it was real welcoming and I think my words were kind of odd when I went back home and told my wife Brenda I said how do you not think that's a place that you need to be I mean I just I felt really welcome here and not having a lot of experience with church I didn't grow up in the church uh, my family would go to church maybe on Thanksgiving uh, maybe an Easter service Uh, something like that, but it wasn't at all any kind of uh, church-going regularity. Um, But 10 years ago, that changed. Uh, When I started attending South Rock here, um, I I felt it moved my heart. And uh, so, you know, we we started going regularly here. Um, I got baptized um, for the second time in life, but this time it it was the real deal. My wife got baptized, Brenda, she got baptized, and shortly after that, then my daughter, Michaela, got baptized here. So I used to joke with people uh, that there's the old Flint and the new Flint. Um, the old Flint just lived lived life just kind of the worldly way, just that's kind of the way I grew up in my, you know, as, as a child, and um, that, that's what I was used to, and that's kind of what I knew, and that's the way I went. Um, started attending church here at South Rock, that all changed. And, you know, I I felt the Holy Spirit move in me. I I felt my heart change. And, uh, you know, it's done wonders. Uh, It's brought peace to my life. And, uh, you know, I have more compassion and probably patience for people now than I did. Although my wife, Brenda, might disagree with that. But I certainly feel it. I guess the the point of this whole story is that you're never too old. And uh, the change is is good. And uh, we just need to to uh, share that with as many people as we possibly can out there. And uh, South Rock is the place. And uh, what a bunch of good people. I appreciate you all, and I thank you for the opportunity. 
we need to be ready. Be ready to, to share our story. And there is an old way, a new way of our lives. And Flint tells that, man, this is the way I was living, but this is what's going on with Jesus in my life and how things have changed. And he's like, and you're never too old. You're never too old to share your story, to make those decisions. And so I think that's important. And even over the last 10 years, you know, you've maybe gotten to see different baptisms and maybe you've never been back, but we have everyone sign the wall who has made a decision for Jesus. And I want you to look at this picture. So over the last 10 years, here are the four different walls of just names of people who have been influenced by some of you guys and us as a whole. And so, yeah, that is really exciting. And so even as we're celebrating 10 years, it's not a building that we're celebrating. It's a cool thing to be part of 10 years, but like what God's done. But even doing that, that doesn't discount the 58 years before that of what God had done for so much. And even part of our celebration is what he's going to do forward. Like what he's going to continue to do through individuals and through us as a whole. And so we are called to share. Here's the last verse that I want to simply point out. In Matthew chapter 9, verses 36 through 38, Jesus says this. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were, her, were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest field. All around, there are people that don't know Jesus yet, and you and I are called to be the workers. In fact, there's a painting uh, that's up on one of the walls at Ozark Christian College. And so we don't have a great picture of it, but you can see. And in this picture, you have Jesus standing in the harvest field. You've got the city behind it. You've got some workers. And if you were able to get really close, all amongst the harvest field, there are faces painted in there. Because again, sometimes we can think numbers and this is what we're supposed to do, but every single person matters. And so God wants us to be harvest workers, like to go and share the good news so that people can come to know him. And so that's our job. I absolutely loved going to ICOM. I know we advertised a little bit. My family was able to go down and going around the exhibit hall and talking to some of the different missionaries. And they're like, what? You're part of South Rock. You guys support us. And you could even just see their countenance change as they're just so excited of the partnership, even if they've never met one of us, like just some of that partnership. Or even listening to stories of some people said, what? You're related to this person. And so it was Amy's grandma. And they're like, the things that she did like to help set the way. I want you to know as a congregation, if we're following after Jesus, we make a difference. And if you're following after Jesus in your life, you make a difference. So maybe you don't know all the details and all the specifics that you're supposed to tell, but my encouragement is simply to tell your story and talk about he who you love. Let's pray. God, thank you. Thank you for the encouragement and the challenge to share. And even looking like, man, as we're in love with you, I get that we may be a little bit nervous about someone rejecting us, but we don't care if they cheer for another team. So why does it matter? God, if they don't approve of us. And so help us to be bold. Help us to understand what you have done in our lives and share that with other people. Because yeah, the harvest gets ready. And so may we one at a time individually share the love of Christ with them. And God, we get to see more names on this wall and not just in this building, but all the big C church. God, may it just continue to be a movement that God, we get to be with you for eternity. So we love you. Figure it in that we pray. Amen. <laughs>